talk about current controversial topics in our culture. Throughout this podcast, we will welcome many special guests who give us insight into these controversies. Follow along as we navigate these topics. Let's get digging. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Squabbles of the Soil. Today's topic is right-to-farm laws. Right-to-farm laws were originally created to protect farms from urbanization. As long as the farms operated by all regulations, they were protected from nuisance lawsuits. The controversy comes in with big corporations using these laws more than the small farmer. The main question of today is whether these laws end up doing more harm than good. We have two guests on this podcast today. Our first guest is John Duke, an MTSU alumni with a degree in plant and soil science. He has been working at the Tennessee Farmers Co-op in the fertilizer department for over 30 years. Our second guest is Jolena Starnes, another MTSU alumni with a degree in agribusiness. She grew up on a small family-run farm in Manchester, Tennessee. First off, I'd like to say thank you for coming on today and uh, welcome to our podcast. Thanks for having us. So let's start off with just some questions to uh, find out your thoughts on the subject. First question, can you give us a general sense of what your stance on this issue is? Uh, John, if you would go first. My stance is uh, the right to farm laws are uh, for those farmers that uh, need help when the complaints come up and protects them against lawsuits, which protects that farmer. Well, um, I recognize that agriculture is a, a special industry. It's essential. We all must have food. And, and so some um, specialization laws for them are needed. Uh, however, I do have a problem with just um, some of the protections that we don't give every industry. Like they just have this right um, that others don't. And it kind of takes away the rights of others around them then to have lawsuits against them. Um, I think the, the major problems have come, though, through the years as agriculture has changed. Uh, in what ways do you think agriculture has changed? Well, uh, when these were started, they were in the 70s and 80s, and uh, farms were usually smaller. Um, the urbanization was really coming in on them. And in some areas now, the, the, it's reversed, and some uh, large farms are encroaching on uh, homeowners and those around them. So that's not every case, but overall the farms are much bigger and more um, commercialized. It's a bigger industry. It's more uh, like a large industry instead of small farms. I do agree that uh, farming has changed over the years and farms have gotten bigger, but most farms are still owned by families. It's family farms and small farms. Uh, there are those corporate are having some issues and those kind of things. But the main thing about right to farm laws, uh, I, I feel, are protect that family farm, uh, even though they have gotten larger. Um, how would you say this this topic of these laws? How does it affect you, maybe in a personal way, or just uh, in your way of going about your life? In my business. Um, at the co-op, we do serve the growers of Tennessee. Uh, they are members of the co-op, and that's who 
we uh, service and want to continue to service, and, and that's where these uh, right to farm laws come into effect to help that farmer uh, that owns the business I work for. Well, uh, I think you know most people do support farms and farmers, um, but we do have to look at, at the people around them that are affected by some of these problems. Uh, as a consumer, you know, obviously I want safe, affordable food, and so I appreciate what the farmers do. But I also would, you know, appreciate the right to sue someone if I feel like uh, they're infringing on my rights or the community's rights. Um, so I'm more of a let's look out for everyone instead of just the former. Um, so these laws were passed in the 70s and 80s originally. Um, and since then, different uh, cases have come up that have caused lawmakers to make multiple amendments to these laws. And um, do you think that makes the law stronger or do you think that maybe makes the laws too, um, have too many loopholes where farmers can use? Uh, I think the original intent of the laws was a good idea, like I said. Uh, I do think they're trying to become more restrictive, um, which then makes it harder for anyone to get any results if they do have a problem. Again, these laws uh, were with the intent that farmers were going to obey the regulations that were in, uh, already in the books or that were created, and that everyone's going to do uh, fair practices amongst uh, the community and look out for everyone and most farmers do but sadly there's groups that do not and so um, some of the amendments are needed some may go too far um, there are a lot of animal rights activist groups that probably are pushing too far on certain things uh, but yet they make good points on on others about size of farms and and things like that we also have to consider the world is changing uh, we do have climate issues and, and limiting the ability to um, enforce things on farms, you know, plays a role in that also. I, I agree with what you said. Farmers still protecting that small farmer from these nuisance lawsuits. That's what these right farm laws are intended for. And things do need to change, amendments do need to be made to protect the uh, citizens in that community as well as the grower. Um, the larger farms, yes, they are um, having some impacts on those laws, and that's why some amendments have been made, which uh, I do agree with. Uh, but we don't need to lose sight of the fact that these laws were what they're intended. And um, do you think that these laws could be intended for uh, to benefit both the small farmer and the large farmer? What what ways do these laws should they focus more on making larger benefits for the small farmer or making larger benefits for these industrial farms? I feel like they need to be for the small farmer. Farms, they've got the revenues and so forth to combat some of these lawsuits and, and the, the lawyers and attorneys that are hard to find these corporations to uh, combat some of these nuisance type lawsuits. Uh, the family farm, uh, them being small, 
uh, they don't have the resources uh, that are needed to uh, keep their operation going and keep a viable source of income coming in. Um, you know, uh, Joanna did mention some of the things about animal rights groups and those kind of things, uh, which they do go a little too far. We, uh, these right to farm laws do protect those small farmers and folks like that. Uh, and, and the farmer, he, he wants to be for the community. He's in the community. He lives in the community. He wants to be a good citizen in that area. So he's going to do what he can to keep the noise, keep the odors down and those kind of things the best he can, but they still will come up. Um, and that's where the right farm laws do come in, I, I feel. And uh, on that small farmer, uh, with those nuisance lawsuits you mentioned, uh, the cost of that, like you, you said, they don't have the um, the revenue to have lawyers to do these lawsuits. And with the lawsuits, if they go through court, it's going to be, um, and they get, they have to pay reparations or uh, things like that for the lawsuits, then that's going to shut down that small farmer pretty much. That's correct. And that's, that's when the law was really did help from the right farm. Um, and, you know, we, We've got to all work together and, and do things as a community, and it's probably best to have the community, if things are happening that folks are not uh, liking, then maybe that community can come together with the growers and then come up with their own type uh, agreements and, and so forth. Still protecting that grower and, and protecting the citizens of that area. I was thinking, uh, I really think maybe arbitration allowed in some of these because if someone brings a lawsuit and it's considered a nuisance and thrown out, they do pay the, the farmer's law fees and their fees. You know, that's part of most of these laws is that they're responsible for all the legal fees. Um, but if we did something with arbitration where number one doesn't cost as much, but more like what you're saying, it's community involvement, trying to work things out rather than having large lawsuits which wind up in, in large settlements or or not, but um, just to save costs, but also that would give people uh, the ability to lodge a complaint if they feel like it's really needed. Like some of the, most of these laws were enacted like the farm where it was at that time when the law went in, they couldn't be considered a nuisance. But let's face it, most of the farms have changed. Some of the lawsuits that have come up have been from uh, ag tourism when a farm has been there forever and then all of a sudden they turn it into a tourist attraction, which most communities are glad to have and normally it's not a problem. But if you've lived beside that farm forever and then all of a sudden you've got traffic and noise from concerts and all kinds of issues, you know, you should have a right and a way to be able to have a complaint and be able to work some of that out. Yeah, and some of the laws uh, do pertain to that. And, you know, it's a matter of how that farm operation changes. That's, that's one of the things you got to think about. And some of the laws do say that. If that farm operation changes from growing hogs to an agritourism, that could be a significant change. And that's where more rights go back to that uh, citizens of that community that are being affected by the nuisances. And it is a, it is a nuisance with traffic and those kind of things. So that's where um, the change in laws probably can come into effect. Uh, and also those that community Good case if things like that happen. So that's where those laws do come into effect. And 
the right to farm law is, is part of that, to protect that community. Some of the communities and states are wanting to pass stronger laws that would even limit that. And that's where I think the problem is. Some of these uh, extra strong laws uh, need to be looked at from both sides, not just protect the farmer, but protect the community. So what specifically would you have um, these laws be changed to allow or um, have more restrictions? What, what would you have lawmakers do to change the laws? Uh, I, the problem is you're gonna have, it's going to have to be uh, state by state and area by area because there's just such a uh, variety. Every state has some form of agriculture, but then some states are very rural and the people are, are going to be for whatever supports agriculture. Um, and then you'll have some states where you have very rural bump right up against very urban and there's going to be difficulties. So I, really it's going to have to be, and sometimes case by case, farm by farm, because um, make the rules where it works, you know, for the best for everybody in that state, but then there's going to have to be some uh, leeway, especially when you get into those very large farms, which some states have and some states don't. Yes, it is, it is a state by state community, community type situation on form of these uh, um, and I do agree that um, we've got to make some changes, but also we've got to realize that a farmer doing business for his family and for the rest of the community, the, the state, the world, as far as growing food. We can't bog him down in litigation and those kind of things. So um, that's, that's kind of the reason for these right to farm laws anyway, but yes, as times changes, then these laws probably need to change also. Um, so, you mentioned that it's a state by state basis. So, how would you make an argument against someone who says it should be on a national, um, a national type right to farm law rather than a state one? Uh, just like Joanne said, it's um, you know each state is different, uh, cultural wise. Um, the, the rural lifestyle, the, the farming in those states are, are different. Uh, there may be more um, urban top states than agricultural states, and you have other states that have more agriculture than the urban. So that's the state by state definition, I think, of these right to farm laws. No states need to come up with their own set of laws, and even, even down to the county level, to the city level. Um, they, they need to have their law set. Well, and I don't have a, a problem with a basic national law that just says you can't just sue a farm for doing farm stuff unless it is violating laws and ordinances which are in place, uh, which was the intent of all these laws in the first place. But it would have to be very generic and then each state would have to uh, go from there. But farmers have the right to farm and do it in a manner that doesn't uh, upset the community. And especially if they're there first, when they get encroached on then you know, they have to have the right to farm. Let's um, talk a little bit more about large farms. Um, what kind of restrictions should be placed on these large farms to where um, consumers may feel the need to not have to have these lawsuits against them and feel more protected? 
They do a lot of this um, confinement feeding operations of animals, and it does cause a big issue in some of these cities. And um, they're 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 doing the animals, growing the animals, and also processing animals and so forth off the same spot. So there may be some other type restrictions that need to be made for those type of farms uh, if you call them a farm. Uh, but for that family farm, that large family farm, we still got to look at protecting that type of farmer in those areas that's uh, very valuable to the community and also to, to the world. So. Well, some corporate farms uh, are family farms. Family farms are corporate for business purposes, just like any other family business. But uh, some corporate farms are answering to stockholders. You know, there's no one who owns that farm that's near that farm or part of that farm. Uh, and so, they are a different entity than a family farm. And they tend to be the ones that are larger. And I do think people have the right to, uh, especially if they are causing difficulties in the community, um, people have the right to, to sue or uh, seek uh, damages if things are done. Um, it looks like we are about to be um, out of time for today. And so uh, we've heard some different viewpoints today, and I just want to um, have uh, closing statements from each of you just to reiterate your points and um, just where you think it can go from here. Well, uh, I think, like I said, farmers have a right to farm, but individuals that are near those farms also have a right to protect their property and their communities, and that needs to be taken into consideration along with the farmer's right to farm. And the, the right to farm laws that came about in the 70s are still very viable today for that grower, for that farmer. And uh, it, it, it does aid him in not being bogged down or even uh, financially ruined by some of these uh, folks that want to come in and, and call and do these decent type lawsuits against them. And, got to protect that farmer, those farms, from the suburban, urban type situations and keep that from taking up our, our farmland. And uh, that, that just, uh, it, it's a food, food deal, keeping uh, food on the table for people and also protecting that grower, protecting his family so he can have a viable income. All right, thank you for your time today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. This is great.
about other pressing issues in agriculture. Instrumentals were performed by Norman Blake. Thanks for listening.